Section 14 of Gallagher and Other Stories by Richard Harding Davis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in August 2020. Van Bibber as Best Man young van bibber came up to town in june from newport to see his lawyer about the preparation of some papers that needed his signature he found the city very hot and close and as dreary and as empty as a house that has been shut up for some time while its usual occupants are away in the country as he had to wait over for an afternoon train and as he was downtown he decided to lunch at a french restaurant near washington square where someone had told him you could get particular things particularly well cooked the tables were set on a terrace with plants and flowers about them and covered with a tricolored awning there were no jangling horse-car bells nor dust to disturb him and almost all the other tables were unoccupied the waiters leaned against these tables and chatted in a French argot, and a cool breeze blew through the plants and billowed the awning, so that on the whole Van Bibber was glad he had come. There was beside himself an old Frenchman scolding over his late breakfast, two young artists with Van Dyke beards, who ordered the most remarkable things in the same French argot that the waiters spoke and a young lady and a young gentleman at the table next to his own the young man's back was toward him and he could only see the girl when the youth moved to one side she was very young and very pretty and she seemed in a most excited state of mind from the tip of her wide-brimmed pointed french hat to the points of her patent leather ties she was strikingly well-bred in appearance and van bibber wondered why she should be dining alone with so young a man it wasn't my fault he heard the youth say earnestly how could i know he would be out of town and anyway it really doesn't matter your cousin is not the only clergyman in the city of course not said the girl almost tearfully but they're not my cousins and he is and that would have made it so much oh so very much different i'm awfully frightened runaway couple commented van bibber most interesting read about em often never seen em most interesting he bent his head over an entree but he could not help hearing what followed for the young runaways were indifferent to all around them and though he rattled his knife and fork in the most vulgar manner they did not heed him nor lower their voices well what are you going to do said the girl severely but not unkindly it doesn't seem to me that you are exactly rising to the occasion well i don't know answered the youth easily we're safe here anyway nobody we know ever comes here and if they did they're out of town now you go on and eat something and i'll get a directory and look up a lot of clergymen's addresses and then we can make out a list and drive around in a cab until we find one who has not gone off on his vacation we ought to be able to catch the fall river boat back at five this afternoon then we can go right on to boston from fall river tomorrow morning and run down to narragansett during the day they'll never forgive us said the girl 
oh well that's all right exclaimed the young man cheerfully really you're the most uncomfortable young person i ever ran away with one might think you were going to a funeral you were willing enough two days ago and now you don't help me at all are you sorry he asked and then added but please don't say so even if you are no not sorry exactly said the girl but indeed ted it is going to make so much talk if we only had a girl with us or if you had a best man or if we had witnesses as they do in england and a parish registry or something of that sort or if cousin harold had only been at home to do the marrying the young gentleman called ted did not look judging from the expression of his shoulders as if he were having a very good time he picked at the food on his plate gloomily and the girl took out her handkerchief and then put it resolutely back again and smiled at him the youth called the waiter and told him to bring a directory and as he turned to give the order van bibber recognized him and he recognized van bibber van bibber knew him for a very nice boy of a very good boston family named standish and the younger of two sons it was the elder who was van bibber's particular friend the girl saw nothing of this mutual recognition for she was looking with startled eyes at a hansom that had dashed up the side street and was turning the corner ted oh ted she gasped it's your brother there in that hansom i saw him perfectly plainly oh how did he find us what shall we do ted grew very red and then very white standish said van bibber jumping up and reaching for his hat pay this chap for these things will you and i'll get rid of your brother van bibber descended the steps lighting a cigar as the elder standish came up them on a jump hello standish shouted the new yorker wait a minute where are you going why it seems to rain standishes today first see your brother then i see you what's on you've seen him cried the boston man eagerly yes and where is he was she with him are they married am i in time van bibber answered these different questions to the effect that he had seen young standish and mrs standish not a half an hour before and that they were just then taking a cab for jersey city whence they were to depart for chicago the driver who brought them here and who told me where they were said they could not have left this place by the time i would reach it said the elder brother doubtfully that's so said the driver of the cab who had listened curiously i brought em here not more than half an hour ago just had time to get back to the depot they can't have gone long yes but they have said van bibber however if you get over to jersey city in time for the two-thirty you can reach chicago almost as soon as they do they're going to the palmer house they said thank you old fellow shouted standish jumping back into his hansom it's a terrible business pair of young fools nobody objected to the marriage only too young you know ever so much obliged don't mention it said van bibber politely now then said that young man as he approached the frightened couple trembling on the terrace i've sent your brother off to chicago i do not know why i selected chicago as a place where one would go on a honeymoon but i'm not used to lying and i'm not very good at it now if you will introduce me i'll see what can be done toward getting you two babes out of the woods standish said 
miss cambridge this is mr courtland van bibber of whom you have heard my brother speak and miss cambridge said she was very glad to meet mr van bibber even under such peculiarly trying circumstances now what you two want to do said van bibber addressing them as though they were just about fifteen years old and he were at least forty is to give this thing all the publicity you can what chorused the two runaways in violent protest certainly said van bibber you were about to make a fatal mistake you were about to go to some unknown clergyman of an unknown parish who would have married you in the back room without a certificate or a witness just like any eloping farmer's daughter and lightning-rod agent now it's different with you two why you were not married respectably in church i don't know and i do not intend to ask but a kind providence has sent me to you to see that there is no talk nor scandal which is such bad form and which would have got your names into all the papers i'm going to arrange this wedding properly and you will kindly remain here until i send a carriage for you now just rely on me entirely and eat your luncheon in peace it's all going to come out right and allow me to recommend the salad which is especially good van bibber first drove madly to the little church around the corner where he told the kind old rector all about it and arranged to have the church open and the assistant organist in her place and a district messenger boy to blow the bellows punctually at three o'clock and now he soliloquized i must get some names it doesn't matter much whether they happen to know the high contracting parties or not but they must be names that everybody knows whoever is in town will be lunching at delmonico's and the men will be at the clubs so he first went to the big restaurant where as good luck would have it he found mrs reggie van arndt and mrs jack peabody and the mrs brookline who had run up the sound for the day on the yacht minerva of the boston yacht club and he told them how things were and swore them to secrecy and told them to bring what men they could pick up at the club he pressed four men into service who knew everybody and whom everybody knew and when they protested that they had not been properly invited and that they only knew the bride and groom by sight he told them that made no difference that was only their names he wanted then he sent a messenger boy to get the biggest suit of rooms on the fall river boat and another one for flowers and then he put mrs reggie van arndt into a cab and sent her after the bride and as best man he got into another cab and carried off the groom i have acted either as best man or usher forty-two times now said van bibber as they drove to the church and this is the first time i ever appeared in either capacity in russia leather shoes and a blue serge yachting suit but then he added contentedly you ought to see the other fellows one of them is in a striped flannel mrs reggie and miss cambridge wept a great deal on the way uptown but the bride was smiling and happy when she walked up the aisle to meet her prospective husband who looked exceedingly conscious before the eyes of the men all of whom he knew by sight or by name and not one of whom he had ever met before but they all shook hands after it was over and the assistant organist played the wedding march and one of the club men insisted in pulling a cheerful and jerky peal on the church bell in the absence of the janitor and then van bibber hurled an old shoe and a handful of rice which he had thoughtfully collected from the chef at the club after them as they drove off to the boat 
now said van bibber with a proud sigh of relief and satisfaction i will send that to the papers and when it is printed to-morrow it will read like one of the most orthodox and one of the smartest weddings of the season and yet i can't help thinking well said mrs reggie as he paused doubtfully well i can't help thinking continued van bibber of standish's older brother racing around chicago with the thermometer at a hundred and two degrees in the shade i wish i had only sent him to jersey city it just shows he added mournfully that when a man is not practised in lying he should leave it alone end of van bibber as best man and end of Gallagher and Other Stories by Richard Harding Davis.